Hello, and welcome back to the IPHO podcast. I'm Alexi, and I'm currently the Global Patient Safety Fellow with UCB. Through my fellowship's affiliation with IPHO, I'll be hosting monthly episodes here on the IPHO podcast. I'll have guests on every episode that will help me provide you, the listeners, with the podcast that I wish I had as a resource when I was a pharmacy student. We'll tackle subjects like navigating mid-year, what you can do as a student to get relevant experiences on your CV, day-in-the-life episodes where you'll hear from fellows in various functional areas, and so much more. I really hope you find these episodes helpful. With that being said, enjoy the show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, My name is Alexi. I'm your host. If you missed episode six, where I was on the podcast last time, uh, Sergio basically introduced me. I'm a postdoctoral fellow in patient safety at UCB, and I am on the IPHO National Fellow Council. So I will be hosting uh, one episode per month, approximately, here on the IPHO podcast. The episodes that I'll be hosting are mostly going to be geared towards IPHO pharmacy students and uh, you know, fellows that are very, very early on in their careers. Uh, so it's going to be advice tailored towards a lot of different topics that we're actually going to discuss on this episode. Um, but don't worry, Sergio and Alex are still going to be hosting their monthly episodes as well. Uh, so this is just our way of bringing you, the listeners, more content. So that being said, this week I have a special guest, my first guest on the IPHO podcast, um, and that is Corey Rance. So Corey is a first-year fellow in Worldwide Oncology Medical Strategy at Bristol-Myers Squibb in conjunction with Rutgers University. He's a recent 2021 grad of the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy. Uh, So, Corey, we've known each other for a few years now, right? Yep, it's been a few years. Yeah, been a few years. So, first of all, thank you so much for coming on as my first guest. I really appreciate it. Um, And do you want to tell the people about how we first met? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on, Alexi. I'm excited to be here. But yeah, Alexi and I met after P2 summer. Uh, He went to Wilkes. Obviously, I went to the University of Pittsburgh, but we both actually interned at Pfizer, located in Collegeville, Pennsylvania. We were both on the medical affairs team supporting their vaccines department. Our roles were slightly different. We reported into different managers, but something that probably won't happen anytime soon again, there is actually four of us interns that were placed into a converted office and the four of us really got to know each other pretty well. So that's really where me and Alexi met and we've been colleagues ever since and we kind of helped each other through the mid-year process. So it's been great so far and excited to be here. Awesome. So yeah, like Corey said, we've known each other a while. We went through the whole mid-year process together and I really wanted to get a few episodes out focused on you know the mid-year process and any tips or advice that we can give current students that are planning for that process Um, basically whatever advice we have. So I figured, you know, there's really nobody better that I could have on the podcast to share that information with because we, we literally went through the process together. Um, so, uh, there are a lot of topics that we thought about discussing today. So that would include things like our own paths toward fellowship, how different mentors have impacted us, uh, and then the actual mid-year process itself, uh, Honestly, I think that you you would agree we could spend hours talking about all of these topics. Uh, but for today's episode, we decided to talk about the importance of finding uh, good mentors and how they can impact the course of your career. Uh, the reason we chose that topic in particular is because for me in my personal journey, as I look back on the last several years of my life, I can literally point to a handful of events and a handful of people um, where those people became mentors to me and impacted the course of my career trajectory more than just about anything else that I can think of that I've done. 
Um, so during today's episode, Corey and I are actually both going to share two stories each that we have from our personal experiences regarding how mentors have impacted our journey from pharmacy school to now fellows. And we'll try to keep the story short while painting a, a good picture for you, the listeners. And then we'll talk about our advice on how to actually go go and seek out those mentors. Um, and hopefully you find this very helpful because I honestly think it's huge for up-and-coming pharmacy students looking to obtain fellowships. So um, I'll go first. I'll start with my story. So uh, my first story brings me back to my P1 year. Uh, So in our P1 year, literally first week of pharmacy school or something like that, uh, where all all the P1s are brought into this room where there's a bunch of, you know, club tables set out. And I'm sure every pharmacy school has a million pharmacy clubs. Um, So Mm -hmm. I walked around that room and I saw IPHO and I was like, what is that? And it was industry pharmacist organization. Um, so I feel like I've come full circle doing this for IPHO now. Um, but you know, I, I thought it sounded interesting at the time and it was free to join, which was nice. So, you know, I joined the organization and I got super involved with it. Uh, and then during my time in IPHO, I kind of just started to hear about different, uh, students that had come before me in the IPHO organization and kind of you know, how some of them did end up going into the pharmaceutical industry. Um, and, and at this point, I didn't know anybody in pharma. So I heard about this one graduate. His name was Luke. He, he graduated several years before me from Wilkes, uh, Wilkes University in Pennsylvania, which is where I went. And, you know, I reached out to Luke because he actually started IPHO at Wilkes. He co-founded it at our university. And I reached out to him because I heard he had got into pharma and he ended up getting back to me. Like I just emailed him one day and then he emailed me back eventually. And he helped me out a ton. Like over over the years, um, he gave me so much advice and he's just like, I I mentioned, I can point back to just a few handful of people that have helped me out immensely in my journey. Um, and, And Luke is one of those people. He, he gave me a lot of advice on, you know, tips on getting a summer internship, which is how I ended up getting the Pfizer internship where you and I met Corey. Um, and then he also gave me tips on, you know, how to strategize, um, what appies you try to get, what order to put those appies in, in relation to when mid-year is, um, making a LinkedIn as simple as that sounds, that advice alone has helped me more than probably anything. Um, so by the time I was applying to fellowships, because I reached out to Luke when I was a P1, um, my CV was honestly, you know, I I was in a really good position to be uh, just, I was just a strong candidate on paper, um, which always helps. You know, it's not necessary. People that don't have any experience, you know, a a ton of them get fellowships every year, but it it helps. And had it not been for Luke's willingness to spend literally years, P1, P2, P3, P4 year mentoring me, me, um, I don't know how things would have turned out, uh, but I attribute a lot of my success to having my eyes on that goal very early on. And then having Luke as that mentor who did it before me to help guide me through that journey. Um, so that's kind of my first story on a mentor that I had that helped me out a lot. Yeah, definitely. And thanks for sharing, Alexi. And you brought up a lot of great points, especially being a good candidate on paper. It's only going to get you so far, but it's still very important because it might get you in the door and get you that first interview. And I know that's where everything starts is the interview. So just having that person that's able to really guide you to get on that path. But I do think one important thing to note when it really comes to mentors is that they can come in all shapes and sizes and be really of any age. I know when I was kind of early on as a P1 or even before that, just in undergrad, everyone would talk about a mentor and I was kind of 
it seemed a little daunting to me the fact that you had to like go seek out somebody and establish this sort of like a formal mentorship relationship but really it doesn't have to be like that it can be anyone it can be a colleague it can be a preceptor your boss your friend or just a contact who you look up to who's in a position that you want to be in someday and you value their advice so it's it's not a contractual agreement it's not really anything that has to be super formal um they just have to be able to help you through the things that you need them to so i've had mentors all throughout school and so far through um, early on in my career that have really just been a year or two older than me and some have been more established than that. But the ones that are a year or two older than you are very useful in pharmacy school because they're going through th- or you're going through things that they just went through. So in that case, they're very easy. It's very easy for them to coach you through things like reviewing your CV or giving you mock interviews, um, helping you pick which organizations to get involved in, telling you do's and don'ts that they experienced. So I, I just think it's important to keep that in mind that when you're looking for mentors and you don't really have to think of it as always a mentor, it can be a friend who can just help you out. So one story that I have is early on in my pharmacy career as well, there was somebody who was, he was only two years older than me. His name was Sam. And he was running this really cool organization that's centered around looking at investments in the pharmaceutical and healthcare industries and how you could level leverage your clinical knowledge in order to help make investment decisions. So it was just a club that ran a few competitions every year based around healthcare investing. And just through getting to know him through that, he's been one of the more important mentors in terms of my growth throughout pharmacy school that's got me to where I am today because he was kind of always looking to do something new and innovative that kids hadn't done before. So he started that new organization with the investing and then he actually went on to work for a startup company that was a mix of a specialty pharmacy mixed with a pharma consulting agency. So just him having that experience, I was really able to ask him about that and learn what skills it took him to get there. Um, That actually ended up leading to me taking over for him at that area. So at that when he left. So it's important to just keep those contacts. And what he's really been able to help me with since then is just whenever, you know, I need somebody to review my CV or I have a question about something in the industry that I haven't seen before. And Although he doesn't currently work in a role that I want to work in, it's a little bit different than the field that I'm pursuing. He's always one year or two years out from what I'm currently going through. So just having that person who has just gone through that, that you trust and you value their advice and you know they're successful, really helps you at the end of the day to make sure that what you're doing and realize that what you're doing isn't unique in the fact that somebody else has gone through that before and they have advice that can really help you out. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing that. So um, one thing you said that I think is really important is that it is super valuable to have somebody who's just a year or two older than you. So me personally, most of the mentors that I think back on, they're actually quite a few years older than me. They weren't that close to me in age. Um, But I definitely agree that it is um, very beneficial to have someone who just went through what you're going through there to help you. Um, and, and now, you know, now that we're on the other side of it and we accomplish that goal and we are now fellows, I already have students reaching out to me. I'm sure you do too. And I feel like we are more likely to respond and get back to you and be willing to put the time in to help you because we're both, you know, it, it was a grind to get here and we're both proud that we got here. And now when we see stu- students that are doing the same thing that we were doing last year, which is reaching out to the current fellows in positions that we wanted to be in the following year, um, I think. I just feel like that's good to see. And I, I see students that are doing that now. And I'm like, you're doing the exactly right thing. Um, you're doing exactly what we did. So I'm more willing to help you. Um, so I think that's definitely super important. Yeah, exactly. And just kind of going off what you said, it's sort of like paying it forward where, and like I mentioned before, you might not think of them as a mentor or call them, oh, this is my mentor. But 
if you ask any of the people that are most of my mentors that are close to me in age, I would probably just say that we're friends because we are. But at the same time, they were willing to really pay that forward and help me coach me through that process. So they're more of like a coach than maybe a, a traditional mentor, but still at the same time, their advice is just as valuable. And, and like you said, it's a lot more likely that they're going to be ready to meet with you when you want and to help you right then because they somebody was there for them to help them through that. So they're going to be willing to help you through that. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. It doesn't have to be a mentor. It could be a, a coach or really whatever you want to call them. And I found in my personal experience that in the moment, you don't really realize you might you might not realize that you're being mentored, um, but it's only after the fact until you you get to where wherever it was that you were trying to get to the whole time, and then you look back and you realize, yeah, that person really was mentoring me. Um, you know, it, it could even be somebody younger than you. If if somebody younger than you has done something that you've been trying to do, um, you know, at the time you might not think of them as a mentor, but again, later down the road, you're going to look back and realize that a lot of your success you can attribute to advice that that person gave you. Um, so you don't have to call them a mentor. That's just what we're calling them. Um, but, but you're, you're definitely right about that. Yeah. And they're much more relatable too. I mean, obviously it's great to have people mentor you throughout your entire career that are at a spot you want to be in someday, but it might be harder for those people to relate back to you if they've been in an industry or been in a position for so long that you're just starting out, it might be a little bit harder for them to remember what they went through. So just having people that close in age and that close to the situation you're in always just really helps to get that insight. For sure. Yeah. And actually, I just thought of something else. So you touched on a point that you, you know, you had that mentor who is not currently in a position that you necessarily want to take your career. But even that is still immensely valuable, because if you're able to figure out what you don't want to do, I I would argue that's even more important than figuring out exactly what you do want to do. And it's hard to figure out that you don't want to do something unless you actually do it yourself, or you get that, uh, you know, that experience from somebody who has actually done it. Um, that in itself, I think is, is very valuable. Um, and even if they don't do what you want to do, they probably know somebody who know, who does what you want to do. So who, whoever you can find, um, in a position that you either want or something is slightly related to what you want or, or even not what you want at all. It really doesn't matter. It's just anybody who has this experience or who has been through similar, um, similar events, uh, they can all pro- provide really good advice. Yeah, definitely. And I know we're talking about mentors right now, but like you mentioned, it all really comes back to that network. Just having that person, that mentor, that coach as part of your network, just because they might not be where you want to be doesn't mean they don't know someone who is. So, Exactly. Yep. So I'm going to take it to uh, the third story. So this is um, this is a story that I'm going to tell about making a decision on fellowships. So I found this to be a pretty difficult spot to be in, honestly. Um, you and I, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but I, I know for a fact you and I were were both in situations where, you know, we, we had options when it came to fellowship uh, positions. And that's a very good problem to have, but it's still a problem to have because I personally, I don't know about you, but I personally was very worried about making the wrong decision. Um, and that's something I spent a lot of time thinking, thinking about. Um, so somebody that I actually met on one of my appy rotations, um, I, I did a pharmacovigilance appy rotation. Um, and at, at that company, there was a, a guy I met, he was actually an MD. So he was not a PharmD. He never went through ASHP mid-year. He never did the fellowship process. Um, but you know, he's had other pharmacy students. He was at least familiar with the process. 
Um, he ended up being a really, really great mentor to me at that particular time in my life. Um, because sometimes mentors can provide practical, actionable advice, like Luke, that first mentor I had, where he talked about you know how to get an internship and reaching out to people on LinkedIn, LinkedIn appropriately. That was practical, actionable, actionable advice. Um, but in this story, uh, this mentor provided honestly just more generic life advice, and it's really stuck with me since we had that conversation. And it not only did it help me out in this situation, but in so many other situations. Um, and basically what he did was when I, you know, was going through the fellowship process, it happened to be during this time when I was on this appy and he basically sat me down and asked me a ton of questions, uh, to basically help me narrow down my options. And he kind of forced me to just come to a decision on my own in a very logical manner. You know, he just broke down all the pros, all the cons of every position, um, and those pros and cons were my opinions on each pro and con of each position. And he basically had me sit down and break those down until I made a decision. At no point did he push me one way or the other. You know, he just gave me my options, gave me different points to consider, maybe things that I had not thought of um, up until that point. And even then, when I came to my decision, he could tell that I was still, you know, going back and thinking, what about this? What about that? And in general, like I said, I was afraid of regretting that decision. Um, mostly because I knew I had those options available. And if I made the wrong choice, I could only blame myself. So he saw that, he recognized that. And he actually told me this story about uh, when he was applying to college himself, he basically uh, had always dreamed of going to Harvard for college and then medical school. That was something that he had wanted basically his entire life. And he applied to different colleges and he got accepted to Harvard um, but when he went and actually visited, he found that he didn't really like it as much as he thought he would. And he ended up going somewhere else, even though he had that option available to him. And even though it was something that he had been planning on and wanted so badly, the moral of the story was basically that he had to make a decision that made the most sense for him at the time, and then just stick to that decision and be proud of that decision. Be proud of the fact that you put yourself in that position to be able to make that choice in the first place. And then just don't ever look back because you, you'll never know what could have or would have happened had you made that other choice. And so really, there's, there's no point in regretting because sure, if you made the other choice, something good could have happened, but something bad could have also happened. Um, you, you just never know. So that helped me a lot with making my fellowship decision because I was in you know, the same exact situation. I had those options and I systematically broke down my options. I made a decision that I was very happy with at the time. Still am obviously very happy, but it made the most sense for me. And just having that advice to stick with it, be proud of it, and don't look back and just look towards the future. Very generic life advice. You can apply it to anything, um, but that helped me out a ton. And you know, like I said, it was a difficult decision for me to make in my life. And, um, you know, I'm just really glad that he was there to help me and have that conversation. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned, um, it was something very simple at the start where all he was having you do is create a pros and cons list, where it's probably something that didn't really come to your mind because you were stressed out about making a decision, but just having somebody who's been in that situation before who understands the problem, as you called it, of having multiple options that at the end of the day, it's just all about like which one fits you the best. So just something as simple as creating a pros and cons list that 
you could probably think of, but you just can't think of in those situations. So having that mentor there to really just walk you through things at like such like a, a lower level and just kind of make sure that you make the decision with a clear mind is going to be one of the most helpful things that these mentors can do for you. Yeah, 100%. And honestly, even like I said, it's helped me out a ton since then. Um, not only in choosing a fellowship, but you know, when you when you make a decision like that, it impacts your entire life. You know, it's not just your career. It's like, it's where you live, where, where are you going to move to? What you, where, what apartment are you going to choose? All of those decisions that come super quickly after you accept a fellowship. And you know exactly what I'm talking about because you had to make those same decisions. Um, and just having that advice honestly helped me out more than just about anything. And just, you know, be, be proud of where you are. Be proud of the decision. You may know you made the best decision for you at the time and then move on. Um, so yeah, I think that was great. Yeah, and a good point you made, and then you move on. Like you made that, that decision, you're happy with it. There's no point to think about, oh, what could have been if I did this or what if I did that. It's all about, you know what, this is a decision that's best for me. I'm going to make it, and I'm going to go forward with it. And I think that's what really leads to the most success is because you're not constantly thinking back, but just always thinking forward. So I think that's a great example of where a mentor can really just come in and make sure that you're always set up. So that, like, so far, we've really told a lot of stories on mentorships, giving different advice. But another thing that mentors can be really good for is just opening doors. So maybe they're not always there, like walking you through different decisions or telling you how different things go and relating that information to you. But maybe it's just somebody who's going to help open more doors for you and get more experiences. So one example that I have is at Pitt, actually, there's um, a faculty member who was, he was very close to a lot of the students, but some people refer to him as a, a yes man. And, and the real reason for this is because if a student comes to them with an idea, comes to him with an idea that he thinks can work, or if he thinks he's going to give that student experience, he's going to let them do it and help them work through the networkings of the university to make sure they can get that done. So a story that uh, I have is leading one of the uh, investment organizations, actually. One of the things we wanted to do was really set up this competition where students could come in and present to different panelists for about their investment decisions and they came from all different aspects of industry so it was not only this like professional pre presenting experience for the students but it was also a networking opportunity to meet with some professionals that were in different non-traditional pharmaceutical fields as well as some alumni that had been there before and this faculty member really helped us in the fact that we obviously needed money for this and we needed some pull from the university and this is just one example of many of the things that he did but he was able to just open that door for us and help us get that experience and coach us through that process so although it wasn't necessarily life advice he's somebody that i think really helped me get a lot of the experience that i had throughout pharmacy school because if there was ever a project i wanted to do or an event i wanted to host or something i wanted to go do he was going to first of all make sure that it made sense and make sure that it was something that was actually smart to do but then once you had him in he was ready to help you get whatever experiences you wanted and i think that's something very important in a mentor just being able to help you open those doors so even if it's somebody that may not give the best advice or maybe you're not even looking for advice just having somebody there that can help you open the doors you want to get, whether that's knowing somebody that's in a position you want to be in and helping to network with them or knowing a hiring manager at a different company or knowing someone in a different therapeutic area that you might want to transition to, just opening those doors for you to get those different opportunities is, I think, a different aspect of a mentor that probably isn't thought of too much. Yeah, 100%. And I, that's happened to me, it, myself personally, several times. And you're definitely right because really once you have that relationship established with your mentor, once you kind of both understand they're helping you, you're learning from them. Um, and, and, you know, really when you have that relationship, 
then when they see an opportunity that they think you would be a good fit for, they're more than willing to recommend you for it. And that's, that's really what you're getting at with opening those doors. And, you know, like you mentioned, knowing a hiring manager at another company, you yourself might never have found that position. Or even if you did, sure, you can apply for it and, and interview it just like everybody else. But if you have that mentor and, and you have those relationships, it just improves your odds. And that is honestly the beauty of obtaining those mentors. Um, you're, you're 100% right. And in terms of career progression, that's really where mentors help immensely because sure, they can, they can coach you. But like you said, they're not always there to help you through everything, but they can at least provide those opportunities for you to take advantage of. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and a good point you just mentioned was when people come to them about certain things, they're going to have you online. So with this particular mentor of mine, there was always different people contacting the school for this, or they wanted to come in, or there's this board of people that wanted to hear what the students were up to. So he was always very quick to be like, okay, these are the students that are leading these cool projects, go talk to them. And then that's just another opportunity to network with somebody else who might be in a different field or who might have some pull in a different area or asset of pharmacy. So it's just one of those things where just having that relationship is always going to just help you and benefit you in some way. Yeah, 100%. So those were four um, pretty great stories that I, I hope people can listen to. And uh, you know, I hope students can listen to and get a lot of value out of and kind of stir their stir their brains on how they can go about obtaining those mentors. But um, you know, we kind of touched on it within the stories on how we went about getting these mentors. But let's dive into that really quick, just a little bit deeper on how we think, how would, if you had a student come up to you and say, how do I actually get a mentor? Because that does sound like kind of a, a weird task or a weird thing to have to do. So what would you say to them? So I think the first thing is that's important when you're really looking to get a mentor. It, it doesn't have to be formal, like I mentioned before, but most of mine are just contacts that I keep in touch with, people that I consider my friends. But when you're going on rotations or you have an internship or you're working at your job, there's somebody you constantly see like, oh, I want to be like them someday, or I really value their advice. It can be as simple as just keeping in touch with them. So especially when you're out on your rotations, almost every preceptor on rotations is going to offer to write you a letter of rec or to help you apply to different positions. But what can be really valuable is just keeping in touch with them. So I, I had a mentor last summer who I've just kept in touch with, and she is always willing to give me that advice. And although it's not always like, hey, I need advice on this, it's just talking to them and hearing what they're up to that really kind of helps your knowledge base grow. So I say like my biggest thing is just keeping in touch with people who you value their relationship and you value their contact. Because so many times you'll meet somebody who's you think is very important or you're out on an internship and you meet somebody you think is really cool, but then you have that one meeting with them and then you never talk again. So just establishing that follow-up contact and then becoming a part, having them become a part of your life and your coaching and your mentorship is really important in terms of getting a mentor. There's obviously more formal ways to go about it, which I'm sure you talked about, but really the easiest way is to just keep in touch with people who you value. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, especially when you're on something like a rotation and then you leave. Um, I'm sure the preceptors are thinking, you know, I'm probably never going to talk to this kid again. Um, you know, they have so many students that they precept year after year after year. Um, but if you do make that effort to reach back out they're they're going to appreciate that. Um, usually like my response, if a student was to come to me and ask me how to do that, um, I don't think there's any one particular way to do it, but I just think you have to be a very effective communicator and be willing to reach out. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle with that because reaching out to someone like a, a cold call or something like that sounds like a really scary thing to do. 
Um, but for me personally, um, I, I just really recommend reaching out to people that are in those positions. And sure, a lot of people might not answer. Uh, that happened to me like over and over, but a lot of people do answer. Um, and a lot of my best opportunities came from those situations. So um, in terms of practical advice, I really recommend LinkedIn just because I found it's the easiest way to get somebody's contact information. So if you hear about someone or you look up someone at a company and they have a position, you might not always be able to find their phone number or their email. Usually you can find an email and that works totally fine too. But if you can't, just go on LinkedIn and look up their name and chances are you're going to find them. And you can just send them a, a direct message and you know introduce yourself and say, this is the reason I'm reaching out to you. Um, I just really admire what you do. That's something that I hope to aspire to do one day and ask them if they would just have, you know, 15, 20 minutes to have a conversation with you. And you'd be surprised how many people would be willing to do that. Um, in my experience, I've personally gotten internship offers just from doing that, not even applying for an internship, but just reaching out. And then after a few conversations, you have that relationship established. And then they, they think, you know, Hey, I have a position. Do you want it? And that's just that it works. Um, so that would be my best advice. So LinkedIn is my top recommendation, but again, email works, um, basically any, any form of outreach because people, I found that people really appreciate when you reach out and tell them that you really appreciate and admire what they do. And people like to talk about what they do. Um, so a lot of people will take you up on that and, and give you that advice. And then really it's up to you to take it from there and build and establish that relationship to take you forward. Yeah, definitely. And, and just going back to LinkedIn, it's it's a nice, friendly way to do it. Like you mentioned, not everybody is always active on LinkedIn, so don't get discouraged if people don't answer. But similar to you, I've had so many people that I just send a message to on LinkedIn who are more than willing to chat and even just offer you help. So it's not like you're not always looking for help in the first time. You're just learning, looking to learn about what they want to do. But then once you take that initiative and establish that connection, most of the time they're way more willing to really help you with anything that you want, whether that's reviewing a CV or doing a mock interview. And especially going through the fellowship recruitment process, I think a really important thing to do is to just find the fellows that you're interested in. And just because you meet with a fellow doesn't mean you have to apply to that position, but just hearing about what they do can really help you narrow down your search. And that's where I use LinkedIn the most. So it wasn't necessarily looking for mentors, but just reaching out to hear what different people do. And it helps you establish those connections and really figure out what you want and what you don't want. 100%. And I, I echo what you say. I recommend that to any students, especially this year that are looking at getting a fellowship or, you know, getting an entry level job in the pharmaceutical industry or really any industry. Just, you know, use, utilize LinkedIn, utilize those types of resources. They're free, they're available um, and it works. And we, we are both outcomes of, of that process working. Um, so 100%, I agree with that. Definitely feel free to reach out to either of us uh, on LinkedIn if you're looking for fellowships, if you're interested in, um, you know, patient safety for me or, uh, medical affairs for Corey or really anything you're interested in, reach out um, and we'll try to make time to, to meet with you. But uh, that being said, you know, I hope you guys found this conversation useful. Corey, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Um, hopefully we do this again and we can tackle some other topics too. So um, we'll, we'll think of something for you, the, the listeners. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for this episode. We appreciate you spending your time with us. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app and give us a rating. You can also visit us on the IPHO website to provide feedback and learn how to get involved. Please do it because we need your help.
Until next time, take care and stay safe.